Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. Well, so my recommendation is that anyone attempting to leave them out should be shot on sight. Hello and welcome on a sunny Sunday, which is something I used to think Sunday was a sunny day as a kid, because they always seem to be, especially when one was trapped in the church for 45 minutes. And welcome to Gatecast episode 107. Just that brief waffle to give Mike a chance to react to my abrupt start. <laughs> Hello everybody, welcome to the Sentinel. Alan is back with us, a little bit under the weather recently. And once I've done editing this, you won't hear any of the sniffles and the coughs we're going to have to sit through for the next hour or so. Well, hopefully 45 minutes. You did say you wanted to finish by a certain time. I do, but we won't be sitting down for dinner until after that. But it's always nice to not have to rush out, pulling your headphones off and rushing in and then jumping down at the dinner table. Ah, uh, I see. Social obligation. Yes. I pity Mike editing this one. But I've taken a apparently good and shall remain nameless expectorate. Unless it sort of walks completely and I don't cough at all, in which case I might sort of name it. Could that be considered sponsorship? Since we're not going to get anything from it, no. <laughs> sponsorship only works if there's a, you know, a quid pro quo, quid pro quo involved. Yes, I could do with a couple of quids. <laughs> I don't know if we're pros yet, and quo, frankly, is lost on me. I can't extend the analogy past the quid and the pro. You said fiddling with fake Canadian money. Fake Canadian money, eh? Canadian tyre. Tyre? Canadian tyre? Hmm. What's that mean? Cash bonus. Redeemable merchandise only at Canadian tyre stores. Oh, I've got you. Somebody sent me a care package from Canada. Why? It's a story too long to go into here. Yeah, I know with many American crosses a border and comes back laden with drugs and whatnot, but... Because you can't cross the border without a passport now. Can't you? Oh. They changed it. It's a big border. Yes, it is. With lots of these. Wake up. Go to work. Work. Come home. Eat dinner. Rot your brain out. Go to bed. Lather. Rinse. Repeat. Are you tired of an old humdrum life? Tired of things that just weigh you down and depress you? Wouldn't you rather just focus on things that are awesome? Tune in to Nutty Bites. Find out what's awesome. Nutty Bites. Nimlas.org slash blog. Surprisingly for October, the tree outside still has leaves. Oh, won't be long before it has baubles. No, I don't have to do Christmas decorations. Good for you. And since I'm housemate free, I have no particular incentive to do so. I'll just be roundry. Yeah, riddle roundry. Paul riddle me. Oh, I thought you were going to stick in a brief sting of it'll be lonely this Christmas. South Park guys do it much better. I hate it in America War Police. I thought it was awful. Shall we? Putting me book down. Your book or your Kindle? No, uh, I buy Pratchett in hardback. Ah, how many pages? I only started it this morning. That's not really an answer. Oh, uh, 52. Ah, so have they arrived at the hall yet? Yes. Has he spent a night there? Yes. They've just gone for a walk in the crypt. Ah, okay, I'm not quite there. I'm about an hour in. Out of 11. Audio book, innit? Yep, I don't actually have the hardback. No, the actual e-book appeared online before the actual book got published. I see. Legitimate websites? Of course not. Ah, uh, Colin will track them down. Colin is quite vicious in that regard. <laughs> yes, I'm interested in the Kindle Fire, but it's not out in the UK yet. Uh, not yet. Because every other colour tablet of an approachable size is about three times the price. Yeah. You're reading the Wise Man's Fear and listening to Snuff. Yes. Impressive. Can't do that. Can't have two books on the go at the same time. I usually have five. <laughs> I'm reading Wise Men's Fear. Did you actually like those Patrick Rothfuss books? Because you see, were you going good book as in question mark or good book as in I've read it and I enjoy it? I've read it and enjoyed it. Got both of them. Three's not out yet? No. I had to wait about two years for the second one. The second one is big. I mean, I've got it in trade paperback format, but it's still, it's almost Peter F. Hamilton size. Yeah, a lot of word. It's just basically him telling his story. Yeah. There isn't quite the friction of danger if it was it wasn't first person because you know he survives. It's a question of how he survives. and These little interludes with Bast Bast shows a surviving, uh, surprising viciousness. Well, I can't say too much, can I? (laughs) No, you can't. (laughs) I'm at the point where he's just borrowed six talents off Devi for admissions to his first term in this book. Yeah. 
you know the way the intro to GWC says go to audible.com and sign up for a free book? Yeah. I did, but I forgot to unsign up. And I kept seeing it appearing on my credit card statement, you know, $14.95. <laughs> I'm thinking, must do something about that, must do something about that, must do something about that. But I kept sort of forgetting. The thing is, $15 isn't actually that much. Well, I suppose it's not, but I'd certainly notice it. <laughs> I did, and I kept meaning to do something about it. I was just going to be arsed. It's the price, you know, a few cans and a bag of crisps, frankly. <laughs> something I wouldn't hesitate to spend of an evening. It's why I got snuff. Because I said, oh, I want to cancel my account. I said, well, if you cancel your account, you lose all your credits. I'm thinking, great. So hang on, snuff came out today. Let's have a look. Oh, there it is. Unabridged. Excellent. Bing. Yeah. Is it just me or when we were young, did films take a damn sight longer than two years to go from cinema to terrestrial? Uh, yeah, a long time. Come Christmas, you'd sit down for the Christmas blockbuster, which was about a five-year-old film. And the Bond. And the Bond, yeah. <laughs> you have to have a Bond at Christmas. Well, back in those days, they were knocking them out every couple of years, so it wasn't so bad. Come try ya! Lion is duly cocked, shall we? Yep, all set to go. Ever three, ever a doe, ever a hen. <laughs> I'll teach you to count and nothing else in Irish. <laughs> Previously on Stargate SG-1. Oh, NID. Yes. Requisition just crossed my desk requesting a C-5 for a classified pickup at an NID landing site. Quite a long previously, because they've got to lay the groundwork for this, because they're kind of coming back from it from at least a year plus. Uh-huh. It's missing? They were dressed much as you are and carried weapons like yours. Yes, and have a friend that they should, uh, oh dear. Colonel O'Neill. What the hell, is this a joke, Mayborn? I think you're going to want to hear what I have to offer you. Have a friend that they should assume watchers are intelligent enough for indeed not American. Well, it's not only that, you know, I mean, these scenes are a touchstone. Mm. And then Shades of Grey, that were third season. There's an Asgard ship descending over the banks! Oh. Yes. Yeah, it does show how long the NID subplot's been going on. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm pleased to announce that you're all under arrest for high crimes against the United States and its allies. Little cheat there, because those two characters were not in that episode. Hmm, quite. Uh, here we go then. Walter. Yay, Walter. How overdue is SG9? Coming up on 11 hours, sir. <laughs> 11 hours overdue? That, I'd be seriously worried. <laughs> Try to establish radio contact from our end. Sir, my mission report? Better late than never, I always say. <laughs> Ignoring you, Jack. Chevron 1 encoded. Yep. I always say that. You'd have thought Jack would be a bit more concerned. Chevron 2 encoded. What's going on? SG-9 was on an extended mission to re-establish diplomatic relations with P2A-018. <laughs> Jack. Uh, doesn't help, General. No. A tunnel. Oh, yes. One of several planets visited by the NID while running their off-world program. <laughs> Still doesn't help. Right. <laughs> Major Benton has spent several months trying to negotiate access to a defensive weapon they call the Sentinel. It's supposed to be capable of defending their entire planet. Yeah, I uh, read the report. Jack is just blank here. He didn't read that report. I can imagine him walking in one day and seeing a big stack of reports taken from the NID. You've got to read them, Jack. Standing by, sir. Now, That's not really a mission I'd want having to visit the planet where the NID had been before, because they, they don't really leave a good impression of humans. Oh. Major Benton, you're overdue. Please respond. General, sir, this is Sergeant Grogan. Major Benton. Oh, Sergeant Grogan. Do you know Sergeant Grogan? Yeah, it's from Proving Ground. Tried to... He's got promotion pretty quick, so he's must have had a good couple of months. Uh-huh. Sergeant, can you make it back to the Stargate? Negative. There are two tasks in support by a staff... Oh, there's no way to get back to the Under fire! Yeah, it doesn't sound good at all. No. Coming in for our longest teaser of the season, I think. Starting to shut it down. Sir. Nearly three and a half minutes. Sound of crickets. Surprising, yet you probably expected a little bit more action from them. You know, there's general listening mm-hmm. to SG9 under fire, and he's just standing there listening. <laughs> a bit unusual, that. Anyway. Right then. The Sentinel. First heard May 3rd, 2002. Written by Ron Wilkerson. And directed by Peter DeLuise. Mm, Peter. Peter. <laughs> the commentary for this on the DVD. Peter and Gary. Gary Jones. 
Oh. It was nice to have Walter doing a commentary. They pretty much talked about everything but the episode. <laughs> it was highly entertaining, nevertheless. Yes, well, I will start listening to the commentaries in Season 6. Ah, good for you. When I can actually watch the damn thing. <laughs> I guess say, how about watching the episode? Ah, uh, we're back. Okay, Marul, go ahead. Oh, home movies. Huh. The late, great Henry Gibson. Huh. Your friends will see me. Not right now, I'll send your greeting back with my report. Shall I say? Anything you like. Formerly of Rowan and Martin's Laughing, and I think that's where I first watched him. <laughs> how about Hello? And there's his name. Hello. Conveniently coming up under him. Been in more recently Boston Legal, Guest Spots and DS9 and Charmed. Hello. That'll be fine. Passed away about three years ago, I believe. Oh. The rat bastard. I came across as very nice. The voice behind the camera. <laughs> Colonel Sean Gree is formerly the NID. He led an off-world team for Colonel Mayborn and was one of the members of that organization convicted of high treason for his actions. And what was Greaves' team trying to steal? The Tonans possess a planetary defense they call the Sentinel. That's a serious charge and serious conviction. Surprisingly, very few of the people above the uh, NID teams have probably got done. Always the men on the ground. Frankly, I'm afraid Colonel Greaves' team may have done something to the Sentinel device they haven't admitted to. Fiddling around with it, was he? You think? <laughs> Fiddling. Yeah. Yes, Jack, as you fiddle with a pen. <laughs> as I fiddle with a piece of plastic. The sort of thing SG-1 do. They never fiddle with anything. And there's Tilt. <laughs> tilt not taking notes. I believe it is Daniel Jackson. Ooh, sarcasm. Right. Um, so if Greaves... Team disabled the Latone's only means of self-defense. We're responsible. Greaves is responsible, thank you. I doubt the Latones will appreciate that distinction, Colonel. Time will be of the essence. The global forces SG-9 encountered on Latona were most likely sent through the Stargate as a test. He's probably still feeling a bit foolish after last week's episode. Oh, sorry, no, the weeks before, in fact. Gotta mend a few bridges. The Goa'u believe that Latona may now be conquered. Might be a good time to try out that new guidance system on the UAV, sir. I think that can be arranged. Sir, before we go anywhere, we need to talk to Graves. Oh, dear. This is never a good thing. It's pretty much Thor's hammer all over again, isn't it? Uh-huh. So, surprisingly, SG-1 have done exactly the same thing. Yes. But then the Asgard came along and saved their butts with a big, shiny ship. Big, shiny ship. It's good. <laughs> I'll go. Oh dear, we're actually going to talk with the NID people, find out what they did. Yes, Jack. Off you go, Jack. Take a zap gun with you. Always helps. Interrogations. Dismissed. Do these people not have access to razors? Perhaps he likes the bearded look. He's worried I might try to kill you. In that case, I insist. <laughs> yeah, go on. Try it. <laughs> it's Colonel Grease, played by Frank Cassini, Canadian actor. Had many visitors lately? Mayborn stopped by, see how the old team's doing? <laughs> what do you want, O'Neill? P2A-018, a device called the Sentinel. What about it? I need to know what you did to screw it up and what I need to do to fix it. I'm more inclined to tell you where to shove it. He's playing things as close to his chest. He's been convicted of high treason. Why isn't he being executed? I imagine he's on death row. Very special, unlisted death row. In an all-existing <laughs> yeah. government building, which doesn't appear on Google Maps. How is this my problem? You're responsible. 018 is defenseless because of you. Earth is defenseless because of you. You don't seem to have a problem with that. You stole technology from our allies. If I hadn't shut you down, they would have. Do you really think the Asgard or the Tok'ra will really rush to our defense when the Gould finally decide to stomp on us? That day is coming, Colonel. Don't kid yourself. That's the problem, really. Your rights, even under military law, are going to be limited when it's a top-secret project. I don't think Tokra is rushing to anyone's defence. <laughs> Tokra are pretty much screwed. This argument's a bit moot at this point, though, because the Tokra and the Asgard have helped us out. <laughs> and one thing is for sure, if we hadn't kept on their good side, they would have come and taught us a lesson. There was a force field guarding the device itself. Kershaw and I took almost two weeks to get in, 
take it apart and put it back together, good as new. Not good as new. You did something wrong. The only thing we did wrong was come back to base to meet our new CO. It's funny, at the time I was looking forward to meeting you. I wonder why. I need you to write down exactly how you got in and exactly what I need to do to fix this. If I do anything, anything, I want my sentence commuted. Well, they don't have a Sam character on their team, you know? She could do it in two hours, or however long the plot calls. Well, they did, didn't they? Well, they had one NID operative who had lost the, the SGC position to Sam. Isn't he dead? She. she? No, no, she's not. She hasn't reappeared. No. Maybe she's been executed already. Maybe. Or else couldn't get the actors involved. That's why they cast two new people. You done? I don't care how good Carter thinks she is or how cocky you are. The device is way too complicated for you to try to repair without us. Was he not in the open? No, he wasn't. Huh. You already know that, or you wouldn't be here. Yeah, lots of what-ifs. Wow, arrogant much. <laughs> no offence to him, but he doesn't look the intellectual type. He looks like Jack, a soldier. Whee! Always nice to see the UAV. Do you think they can't shoot down a UAV? Maybe, given time, but they probably came through so fast and got so much height. They were kind of... Uh... They can shoot down gliders. We got lucky, sir. The cannons weren't able to down the UAV before it was out of their range. Begin painting the target as soon as UAV reaches out to Close the blast doors, prepare to launch. If they're prepared for it, that weapon can't hit any airborne because they haven't got the elevation required. Oh, they're using it to splash targets. You almost feel sorry for the uh, Jaffas now. Yeah. Target Sierra 1 has been acquired. Sergeant Launch Room ready. Apple the ball fully fast, didn't it? Yes, that's a benefit. You're reacting to. Ooh, what's that? Quick, brush it off. A few dollars paid to the US Air Force for footage from the Gulf War, probably. Uh -huh. What was Sierra 2? You know, those are the only emplacements guarding the gate. We don't. Sierra 2 has been acquired by UAV. Launch one ready. Now I know what's going to happen next, so I'm walking away from the weapon. The Jafar aren't really hurt for their capability of independent thought, though. That's the problem, isn't it? Anybody that shows any bit of intelligence may eventually get to become a first primer. Beyond that, you do what you're told and you don't think about it. You know, if you're told to stay there and guard the gate, you stay there and guard the gate. So that's a different woman. Yes. That's Lieutenant Kershaw, played by Christina Cox. Why do I know the name? Well, she's been in Stargate before. Mm. She was one of the spirit people that Tanani's race worshipped. I see. You've probably seen her in Defying Gravity, Blood Ties, the recent combat hospital. No, I didn't see her in Defying Gravity because... For some reason, my PS3 quite happily started to play episode 1, then 20 minutes in, I just decided it was corrupt date and stopped playing it. Well, why didn't you watch it on BBC? No, I didn't watch it on BBC. Yeah, which end of the bullets go in again? I'd be happy to show you. <laughs> Our mission objective is to fix whatever you screwed up. If you get any ideas other than that, I'll shoot you. Uh, Jack didn't look too happy there. Understood. Was a truly awful sci-fi comedy BBC tried to start about three years ago? Uh, hyperspace? Yeah. Oh god, it was awful. <laughs> it was I couldn't even manage an entire episode. I got five minutes in and switched it off. I thought, they're trying to do a Red Dwarf. They're failing! Oh well, so they took out the Malp as well. I'll say the bad guys took out the Malp. The Malp was talking to me. The Malp was talking to me. Don't look like there's any survivors. <laughs> yeah, or SG3. Scorched Earth. This does admit they look like an identical set that we've seen about 15 times before. <laughs> it does a bit. No sign of SG3. SG3, this is SG19, er report. Huh, you found him, Tilk. He moved fast, didn't he? That's the problem with heavy weaponry. It hits one target, but hasn't really got the flexibility of having troops on the ground. Three Jafar warriors survived the missile attack. SG-3 is in pursuit to prevent them from reporting our arrival. Major Lawrence suggests we continue on. Colonel? Cooperative sort, isn't he? You want me to take point without a weapon? <laughs> yeah. I want you to point Teal'c in the right direction. 
If you kill a guard here, technically you're sentenced to be hanged. How likely is it to happen? Oh, it's almost always commuted. Oh yeah, because it's illegal under European law, so... <laughs> We've been subsumed. Just out of curiosity, how many years did you promise to take off their sentence if they managed to fix this? Actually, they'll get a few more years out of this. More? They're on death row. Well, that is treason. Yes. I'm going to make myself a larger target by holding my arm up. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be on this conveyor. That could be an actual rocket. So how did you manage to find the Sentinel if the Latonans didn't want to show it to you? Maybe we're good. Bribe the locals, eh? So you've done your homework. Major Benton's preliminary report said that the Latonans were egalitarian. They don't use currency of any kind. They don't care about material things. Everybody's got their price. It's surprising, though, that uh, Grogan became a sergeant after probably only six months or so. Hmm. Lieutenant? No. If we have a lieutenant, then we should have a right tenant. <laughs> Although there are those who would argue that the right tenant is David. If you can't work that joke out, you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast. There's Grogan. What's after him? You recognise him now? Vaguely. Looks like a teenager. Here's your plastic comeback. <laughs> Grogan? Right. Nice to see that people from Proving Ground did actually join the SG teams. There was a Jaffa patrol on my six most of the day. I decided to stop running and fight it out. How long ago? Last night. I guess I passed out and they went right by me. Elliot didn't last long. He got to be a toper. Well, he died a hero. Major Benton took a staff hit in the chest on our way back to the gate. Tarkman and Winters got away with me at first. I'm the only one left, sir. This isn't supposed to be happening, sir. The Latonans have this device. We know, Lieutenant. We're here to fix it. Sir, should I radio SG-3, let them know Grogan's coming back to the gate? Negative, Major. Tilk, how soon should we expect a mothership here? Of that I'm unsure, O'Neill. Could be hours, perhaps even days. Grogan, can you get me into the city? There are Jaffa patrols all over the damn place, making sure the Latonans keep their curfew. Joe was expecting a lot from Tilt there. How should Tilt know when a suddenly mothership was going to arrive? Uh. Why do you say that? The Sentinel was built hundreds of years ago by Marul's ancestors. He has no clue how to use it. None of them do. <laughs> it didn't work for us. All right, look. We're here to help these people. What the hell do you think you can do? Maybe give them another option other than being wiped out? Grogan, you good to go? Mm-hmm. Good. Carter... You're in charge. Yes, sir. Fix it. Yes, sir. Good luck, sir. It's a very direct instruction to character from O'Neill. Yeah, Grogan and Kershaw do not really care about the inhabitants' survival. They uh, probably totally supported the aims and desires of the NID. You really are making yourself a target walking along the ridge line like that. Yeah, I mean, any, anyone who's ever played D&D, I will not silhouette myself against the ridge line, you know? <laughs> it's the first thing you find out. Of course, Peter probably thought, oh, that's a good shot. <laughs> that's the main road leading in and out of the city. You wouldn't happen to know a back way in there, would you? Yes, sir, I think I do. Well, why go in back way? You're supposed to be friends. Or at least, not enemies. Enemies. Oh, the, uh, the beaver dam, as named by Peter. Yes, quite. This is it. What is? We've got to know it's there. We went right by it the first time. All right, you're on. Beaver Dam's a little neater than that. Yeah. Doesn't look watery. Surprisingly, that actually was at this location, and they just chose to use it. I see. It looks like someone's really going to celebrate bonfire night big time, or July 4th comparative event. Absolutely. At least until the force field's down. Yes, Till. You sit behind that log. One staff weapon protect us from the Jaffa hordes. Yeah, how long will that take? Last time took just over 48 hours. Well, maybe Daniel can help you shave a couple of days off that estimate. <laughs> yeah, so off you go, Daniel. 40 hours is a couple of days, Sam. <laughs> Smart arson. Well, to be honest, Sam should be... A- yeah, Daniel should be guarding. Why is Sam? You're not preparing for his arrival as I instructed. Your people ignore the curfew. Because they do not understand it. It is a simple matter. Lord Svarog has claimed Latona as part of his domain. Your conquest will happen as sure as the sun will rise. Accept that. 
and you may live to serve him. Gully's tall. Uh, no, Henry's pretty small. Even so. <laughs> when Svarog rains fire from the sky, they will beg for his mercy and offer him their devotion. No, they will not. They will, when those around them begin to die. You don't really have much of a choice. This is my last warning. Your Lord Svarag should not come. The Sentinel will send him away. You will all be sent away. So you have said for three days, yet here I stand. Pretty sure about that. The Sentinel is nothing more than a legend. It is very real. Then my patrols will find it and destroy it. Yeah, you kind of do get a bit sceptical after three days of waiting to be sent away somewhere. Surprisingly, not a first prime, as shown by the lack of gold emblem. Sean Reese, Rice, plays the Jaffa Commander. Big Jaffa Commander. Aren't you an arrogant little... Kind of goes with the territory, I believe. There don't seem to be any Oriental, Jaffa. It's all right, Moro, he's a friend. From your world? That's right. He's come all the way from Earth just to see you. Debatable. Yes. I'm Colonel Jack O'Neill. We need to talk. I am not with the NID. No. While this role wasn't actually written for Henry Gibson, when casting came up, you know, they were on about he actually the perfect choice. Mm-hmm. A little guy, uh, very soft-spoken, very demure. Doesn't hurt that he's an instantly recognisable face to uh, the audience. Uh-huh. That's very TOS, isn't it? Please don't do that. Doesn't really look much like a weapon, does it? Why don't you make yourself useful, Dr. Jackson? Go watch the front door with your friends. Well, I'd rather be trying to help you, but your approach looks completely random. The patterns change randomly. We're trying to keep ahead. Nice and shiny. It seems a hell of a lot of props there to achieve very little. But as you can see, this interior set does actually look like it's inside of some sort of wooden structure. (laughs) So it actually worked pretty well. One of the uh, coincidences on location shooting, I guess. Oh, so I should probably shut up. This is one big Simon, isn't it? Was this a deliberate nod to Close Encounters? Probably not, but there's a lot of it there. That's a big flame. I really wouldn't feel safe with that in the middle of my room. What role did he play in DS9? Do I have to look that up? Yeah. So it'd be befuddled, I take it. <laughs> I've sent a messenger to the Sentinel to seek the answer to that question. He seems to do befuddled well. Pretty much so. That is the role he's played over the years. You will see. Our enemy will be sent away. How? Exactly. One moment they are there, the next they are gone in white light. Gone where? To the place our ancestors divine. We are only grateful that our enemies are gone. And that's it. White light. That sounds like Asgard beaming technology. Pretty much so. Depending on how vicious the Asgard were feeling, why not just beam them, say, five seconds into the past, when the planets moved? Working. Oh, yes. As a child... An enemy of our people came in a, in a great ship, but it was sent away. That's a story we get from just about everybody, sir. Marul. He played a character called Nilva in the episode Prophet and Lace, sixth season episode, dealing with the Ferengi. Ah, uh, yes. I actually spotted the Grand Nagus in Eureka. Yes. <laughs> the relationship counselor. More because I recognise the voice. It's fairly unique. Yeah, very much so. You're in The Prince's Bride as well, wasn't he? I think so, yeah. With Peter Falk and a very, very young Fred Savage. Pre-Wonder Years Fred Savage, I think. Sorry, we're getting distracted. Exposition, exposition, exposition. We're sort of blathering on about completely unrelated act. The last few minutes have been pretty much Jack telling Marul exactly what we already know. The NID came around, screwed up. That's why the Sentinel isn't working. Of course, he still has faith because the flame is still burning. This, This flame... Burns to tell us that the Sentinel is watching over us and in turn is being watched over. As long as this flame burns, we may rest assured that we are safe from harm. There's a battalion of Jaffa in your city right now just waiting to harm you. There is an impenetrable barrier to the chamber. They got past it. Colonel Greaves gave me his word. He lied. He lied. Yet you speak the truth. We're not lying. They were. He does, Moro. Yeah, that's the problem. They are a very trusting, almost innocent, naive people. I can actually see smoke coming off that. Which makes you wonder 
what sort of people were they a couple of centuries ago when they built this device? Because they must have been vastly different in attitude. Was there a breakaway group, much higher technology, built this device and said, look, you're on your own, we're off. Yeah, see ya. And left you the technology to protect yourself. Tilt, come in. It's a fire patrol. I count ten, maybe more. With luck, they'll pass right by us. It is more likely they followed our tracks to this location. What you need now is some heavier weaponry or, I don't know, more people. Tilt's good, but he ain't that good. Codes and ciphers are Daniel's thingy. This is impossible. Look, we haven't been at it that long. Let me try. Do you have any idea how complicated this code is? Yes, I think so. Just let me try. It's at the fan already. Give me your Beretta. You think you can help in here? Well, I can help out there. I imagine having a good ear for notes and tone also helps in this case. Oh, yeah, they were struck with his music. There weren't any instruments in his, quote, apartment, unquote. Yeah, he, he might shoot you in the back, but maybe not quite yet. He's not Mayborn. He's got to save himself first, then he might shoot you in the back. Yeah. <laughs> Although, what use a 9mm is at that range? Yeah, Jafar, do not stand up in the open when you're facing humans. Yes. In fact, do what Tilt does. Oh. <laughs> Run away. He's, he's running for it. Jafar, patrol must attract us here. Christ, they're taking him down. Cannon fodder. Do you know what you're listening for? The mathematical progression of the harmonic in each given pattern relative to its spectral equivalent. Yes, Daniel, no pressure. Yes, pretty lights and sounds mean the same thing. Just got to match them up. Fire bad, tree pretty. <laughs> oh, was she, was she impressed there? Let me hear Daniel, I got to do the nasty. He must really like that view. And back to O'Neill. Pretty sort of muted lights. To be honest, if I was the gold and I were looking at these people, I'd think they're not yeah. worth the effort. They wouldn't make good slaves. My people have depended on the Sentinel for 300 years. It was created to be there always. No, 300 years. So that we might feel free to pursue matters of the mind and spirit. This probably explains why none of the current population have any idea at all how it works. If what you say is true... It's true. It's true. I didn't come all this way to lie to you. <laughs> then I did it. And I can't undo what's already been done. But we can still save hundreds of your people, maybe all of them. How? We're prepared to evacuate as many people as possible. And military support to get them to the gate. Leave our world. I'm afraid so. As we speak, a Gould mothership could be on its way here. What will I tell them? That the very people who doomed our world now ask us to trust our lives to them? Let's just use it for field target practice. Well, the Jafar could use some target practice. They could, couldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> 50 points for taking a house. What those 100 things I do if I was Neil Dictator? Anyone who can't sit a, hit a man-sized target from 10 metres will be used for target practice. Oof. Ooh. Yeah, we're going to say, feel free to duck because you're in front of a window. Yeah. Okay, that's just showing off now. Yeah, a girl showing off is shocking. It's completely different <laughs> character. Isn't it? <laughs> you almost expect to see a holographic image in the night sky. He got too close. Yeah. Now, why aren't they starting Jafar flanking these guys? That's all of them I can see. It's the one you can't see that's going to get you, mate. I'm sure he's going to be got, you know, otherwise he'd have to be a recurring character. <laughs> like Barkley in DS9. Oh, not Barkley. What's his face? The guy who betrayed Cisco. You were getting shot at, so I backed you up. Or is it you don't like the idea of me with a gun? It's empty. Get back in there. Yeah, perhaps you should have been in there first off, Sam. <laughs> Tilt, I want to see what's taking so long. Keep an eye out. I like it. They've got some smoke in the yeah. background, so nice interaction of the map painting and the uh, actual visual effects. Really, really big speakers. I can walk through a vacuum. <laughs> I can't change the laws of physics. 
one with really big speakers. Oh, an assistant, paid by Carrie Ann Fleming, guest stars in Supernatural, 4400, Elworm, Smallville. Not a big role, but some face time. Yeah. Patrols all over the place. More rules send somebody, I doubt they made it very far. Go home. Theater. I imagine lighting this scene would have been difficult with that flame right in the middle of it. Yeah. Do you have any other way of defending yourself? Not to Balrog, perhaps? You sound different. Have you changed microphones or something? No. Oh, you sound different. Different hell. Deeper, more muted. My voice is changing. The mothership's here. Some guy named... Svarog. He's one of the system lords, sir. You should get out of there. Yeah. Uh, what's your progress? Still working on the force field, sir. Major, people are starting to die here. Yes, sir. We're doing our best. You tell Greaves if he doesn't fix that thing, I'll shoot him anyway. Not great options either way. It's a damn shame we can't really take the fight to them, but unfortunately when you've got a world mothership in orbit bombarding the city and yeah. there's only, what, half a dozen of you, Indeed. there's not much you can do. Tell your people to evacuate the city and head to the Stargate. Many of your people could survive. <laughs> Many won't. You've got two options. Sit here and watch your city burn to the ground or surrender. You surrender, they'll enslave your people. And they'll take... Some of them as hosts. Glowder parasites. They take over the bodies of people. My people are innocent. They have done nothing to deserve this. I can't stay here much longer. You've got to make a decision. But, but your friends may yet be able to repair the damage they have done. This Gould is not going to wait for that. Isn't that sort of hopeless optimism? Uh, perhaps, you know, after three centuries relying on the device, you really do put your faith in it. It's time to go. With or without you. Damn it. No, no, you almost had it. You just said the last two colors in the wrong order. We're in! Go! Colonel, this is Carter. We've made it past the force field and we're starting to work on the Sentinel. At last. Well, you just got behind the force field and put it back up again. I think that may be what they intended to do. Warriors of Svarag are pushing greater numbers. Understood, Tilk. We'll make our stand inside the cave, keep them at bay as long as you can, and then get in here. Daniel, can you get that force field working again? Come on it. Yeah, that's quite a lot of extras. Your sacrifice will be noble. We'll remember you. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we spent the last day trying to get it down, now we're going to put it up. Of course, the problem with that is you really cut down your options if you're stuck in a little room surrounded by a force field and only one way out. Incoming transmission! We're screwed. Help, General. It's SG-3, sir. Put it on, Speaker. This is SG-3-9er. Come in. What's your situation, Major? A Gaul mothership is firing on the Latonian city from orbit. Gaul forces are heading toward our position. Battalion strength supported by gliders. Can you hold the Stargate? Not without reinforcements, sir. Understood. Yeah. Hold the gate as long as you can. Okay. I'm coming through now. Why not send a few reinforcements, then, if that's what you need? You can leave the gate open just in case yeah. it comes under fire, but for now, send some reinforcements. Die. Rather unusual for the general here. He seems occupied elsewhere. I'm sure they'll find a way, sir. It's not SG-1 I'm worried about. Colonel Greaves? While stealing a powerful beam weapon from the people of P3Y294, Colonel Greaves turned the device against his pursuers, killing all three. We return the stolen weapon, but the government of P3Y294 would have nothing further to do with us. I wonder why. I'll be in my office, Sergeant. Yes, sir. As a modern computer system goes, it, it looks pretty advanced. The flashing lights, normally so pointless on Earth computers, seem to have some sort of meaning. You know as well as I do that we left this exactly the way we found it. We can't have. We missed something. No, we didn't. It must be something else. Either shut up or go help Jackson get the force field back on. Ah, uh, teamwork. Uh, NID. No independent voice. Here they come. Charging down one straight path. Still cutting his losses. <laughs> Sod this, I'm off. <laughs> If they didn't have any claymores, they couldn't mine the entrance. How many? Several gliders. Battalion of warriors. Ah, uh, you're gonna want to be on this side when we get this thing back up again. Just tell us when. <laughs> when? 
now. Go. Save yourselves. I will remain here as long as this flame burns. Marul? Good advice. You should take it, Jack. Yes. The caretaker lives. What caretaker? He is not to be spoken of. Yes, perhaps you should have mentioned this yes. earlier. Look, do you want your people to survive or not? Well, I never liked them much. <laughs> They're always complaining. Yes. I'm almost done the ammo! Pick it on the side. Quick. <laughs> now would be a good time. Yes. Right away would be good. Right now would be better. Everyone just stop shooting for a second. Maybe we can hear what we're doing. No, I got it. I got it. Go, 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 go. Oh, milliseconds. Yes. Noble sacrifice. She was on death row anyway. Now, once again, we've seen a staff blast go straight through armor at times. Yet, yeah. she's got hit in the back with no armor, and she's still alive. Yeah, why is there a large hole in her chest? Yeah, the energy should have come out. Colonel. <laughs> Need more than a bandage. Sort that out. The R Jaffa about, you know that. Mm-hmm. Carter? Carter, if you can hear me, we've got to find someone called a caretaker. It's like a hermit. Lives near the Sentinel, apparently takes care of it. Cool. Oh. Oh, yeah, perhaps you should have been watching the door. Yes. You watched him leave last time. <laughs> One of my patrols has discovered your sentinel. Even now, warriors of the Tari endeavor to repair it. Got the feeling, for such a quiet little guy, he's going to be stubborn as hell. Uh-huh. Perhaps a pain stick would have been more use. Yeah. Tell me how to disable the force field. That would be against the highest law. Good stuff. You would sacrifice your own life to defy me. Hell yes. I would. While it's not actually mentioned in this episode, system law that behind all this, Svarog was actually that big guy from Summit. I see. Do you recall him? I think he had close cropped hair. So the first prime? Well, he's not first prime because he ain't got a gold emblem, has he? He might be second prime because this is rather, you know, you don't send your first prime just in case you get zapped by the Sentinel. So perhaps he delegated. I see. We put it back the way... It was. I know we did. Obviously we didn't. <laughs> Colonel Grease can get it back in working order. We'll be the first to know. Wait a second. I, I think I recognize some of these symbols. Their written language is similar to the people of P2A463. So? So it's possible they're related. Don't tell me you could read that. No, I'm just saying I recognize some of these symbols. On P2A463, these symbols mean... Life force, life energy. Life energy? These ones mean two as one. And that means? I have no idea, but... Must mean something, otherwise they wouldn't have written it here. The caretaker, Colonel. Shut up! What if the device is only part of the equation? Yeah, so, what a surprise. The NID had information they didn't give the SGC. Yeah, shocking. We put it back the way it was. What if the guy in charge of the device is important to running the device? It's not a leap, is it? Yes. Tell us of this caretaker. The night we found this place, a Latonian man took us by surprise. What happened? He attacked us. I defended myself. These people are known for their ferocity. So this is a little flashback then. Uh-huh. Yes, he came at me with a stick. I had to shoot him. But not enough so that he can't talk and give me important information. Yes. Colonel, look out! Yeah, very different attitudes to taking life between these two peoples. And the caretaker, played by Chris Newton. Didn't do much acting, he's primarily known for being an audio sound engineer. Pretty big resume in that department. Uh-huh. My orders were to retrieve technology that can save Earth from the ghoul at all costs, Major. You know what that means. You killed him. I defended myself! Now, you see, this is where any sympathy you might have had for Greaves just goes away. Yeah. Taken him into the city. They could have saved him, we know they could have. Perhaps he did shoot on reflex, perhaps he did feel threatened. But the fact that he's got this guy dying who could be saved and he does nothing. This is evil. Yeah. Please, I do not wish to 
wish to die. Colonel, maybe we can take him back to the city. Yes, the city. That's not an option. But, sir, he'll die if we just leave him here. We have our orders, Kershaw. We don't allow me to touch the Sentinel. Why? Shut him up. Please. Allow me to touch the Sentinel just once with my hand. You're not going anywhere. You're not touching anything. This is wrong. It's his own damn fault for sneaking up on me like that. Although he's probably right not having the caretaker touch the Sentinel, given what they think it is. The Sentinel could save Earth one day. We're talking about one life. One life compared to billions of people. We don't even know how it works. We'll find out. Would you allow me to give him something for the pain then, sir? We get the impression here, of course, that these two people are not quite the same. No. She does feel bad for this guy dying. Although how much she's willing to do about it, as shown in the episode up to now, is debatable. Uh She could have told the SGC all of this beforehand. He told us that if he were to die, Antonins would know anyway. How so? A flame in Marul's chamber would die with him. He wore a band around his wrist. It was a, a dead man's switch. Probably could have got the Sentinel up and running. Once again, vitally important strategic information not shared, although they're not friendlies. No. Two forces is one, man and machine. No, no, we missed something. We just need to find out what it is. She probably could have got a better deal, though, obviously. She had strategic yeah. information she could have given. 40 years instead of life. You know, anything. Hello, something's happening. Let's just burn the place down with them inside it. Yeah, that'll work. Or this might. <laughs> Colonel. You know, now would be a good time to turn that thing on. Lower the force fields, or your friends will be killed. Sir. Don't do it, Carter. It's an order. Jafar. Now there's Jack and there's Grogan. Yes. Who's gonna die? Oh, Grogan, obviously. He's the red shirt in this situation. Blow it up! Don't let him have it, Jafar! Ah! See, they've got pain sticks. Yes. Ooh, yes, sir. It's not the NG, it's that damn point right on the I end of it that's got to come real keen. <laughs> Feel it going in. Oh, nah, has he... You wonder right now, is he saving his own skin or is he doing something... Noble? Yes. I can do it from here. You hate to admit it. Wink, wink. Without the wink, of course. I'm going to let Colonel Greaves take down the force field, sir. Carter, I gave you a direct order. Yes, sir. I understand that. I think it's the right thing to do. Wink, wink. It's good that the Jeff are on to adept at reading human body language. Uh-huh. Now, this is a good question. Who are the bad guys here? Because the Sentinel's going to decide that. Yes. As weapons go, that's pretty impressive. Yes. Not moving very fast, so if it's a planetary-wide defence system, you can outrun it if you've got some sort of vehicle or flying device. Well, no, because if it's planetary-wide, you can only run so far. Yeah, that's why I emphasise the flying vehicle. You can run it over land. It'll catch you eventually. It's slow. It absolutely will not stop. It should have been a globe. What just happened? The Sentinel was never damaged, sir. It just required a human component. Man, a machine working together to become a weapon. The Sentinel is indeed a device of great power. We would be wise to ask the Latonians if we may study it further. Yeah. <laughs> They're not going to say yes to that, are they? Oh, I think I know what they'd say. <laughs> yes. And we're done. That kind of flew by. <laughs> Apart from the, in the middle where we got kind of blah. Well, blah works, if it's the right sort of blah. I'd say as a standalone episode, eh, wasn't brilliant. But it did have uh, some nice guest stars. Henry Gibson, always an interesting character, actor. I said I watched him from Rowan and Martins, you know, so he's an out-and-out comedian. But he had a great little run in Boston Legal, William Shatner's and James Spader's show. Little Stargate reference there. So that were the Sentinels. Doesn't normally do very well in uh, viewer polls or reviews. A simple standalone episode. 
although some decent special effects in it, obviously much lower budget. Which either was because they spent so much the gearing up for a season finale, which is not that far away. No, indeed not. Very strange about General Hammond's behaviour in this episode. You know, he doesn't seem to be making the right decisions. Obviously, when they said they may have been risky holding the gate without reinforcements, he should have sent reinforcements. Even with a Gold Mothership in orbit, they would have time, if the gate was open, to evacuate. So I can't see any reason why they didn't. They had the UAV, they could add one of them uh, circling continuously. In fact, that would have been ideal for protecting the Sentinel. They could know when the Jaffa forces were approaching. But I suppose until the SGC gets some sort of air power, they're always going to be at a disadvantage when a mothership appears. Aren't they Air Force? Yeah, unfortunately, they really can't take a 301 or whatever they've got. That can be called a 301 at this time with them, can they? Folks, it's Sunday. Oh, sorry. Thank you for listening, downloading, etc. Next week's episode is entitled Meridian. Brace yourself. Exposed to a lethal dose of radiation, Jackson has just hours to live. SG-1 tries everything in his power to save him, but as the hours tick away, Jackson's spirit meets with each member individually to discuss his next mission, life after death. Yes, this is going to be a good episode. It's going to be fun. <laughs> On a special Stargate SG-1. They were making a bomb. Get down! One chance to save millions. What's happening? This device could explode. One moment of courage. No, Dr. Jackson! One unbelievable outcome. Daniel's been exposed to radiation. It's a lethal dose. Prepare for an unforgettable event. Your fate is in your hands. Prepare to say goodbye. I have to go now. Get the crash card, give me five of Allium. Richard Dean Anderson stars. Colonel? On the next Stargate SG-1. That was the Sentinel episode. As Alan says, next week, Meridian. Take care, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Gatecast, presented by Alan, Mike, and Scott. Visit us at gatecast.facecast.com.